Hey, what's up and welcome to another Laidlaw Media podcast presented by yours truly, a pretty sick, as in sick meaning sick, configure. My first winter cold hit me a few days ago, but the show literally must go on, um, along with sections by the rest of the LM podcast team, Monica and Michael. We can all be found at Laidlaw Media, that's L-A-I-D-L-A-W Media on social media, or individually, holler at myself, at C-O-N-F-I-G-A, Monica at M-O-N-I-K-K-E-R, and Michael is at 101MWC. Also, don't forget to register for our mailing list at the laidlawmedia.com website, so scroll to the bottom and enter your email address and click on sign up. Easy. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the first Laidlaw Media Artist Spotlight. I had an amazing response to my pinned tweet. Much love to everybody reposting it, in particular to Schwana P from the No Knockoffs radio podcast. Catch that on YouTube. It's well worth a view or a listen, whatever you want to do. And I know I need to sort that interview out with you, Schwana. It's still on my hit list. Trust me about that. Okay, our first artist is a crazy dope MC that hit in my inbox, going by the name of Mad Dog McGraw. His bio states that, quote, a true student of the hip-hop culture, Mad Dog McGraw gives listeners uncommon versatility. Whether it's vivid storytelling, delivering sensual, sexy grooves, or rugged and raw bars, he gives a well-rounded spectrum of the art form. Born and raised in Lansing, Michigan, with southern roots, he has the ability to attract all regions of the country. So if you are a fan of rugged, uncompromising hip-hop, you have definitely reached your destination. Now, I wanted to find out more about him, and since I'm actually a researcher by trade, it wasn't too hot. Reverb Nation told me, with an alternate bio, quote, Mad Dog McGraw is the definition of a throwback hip-hop artist. Straying away from trends is his forte, as he excels at remaining versatile in a copycat generation. Songs like My City and The Storm displays his passion and love for hip-hop. Never compromising a passion, he still manages to produce female-friendly material like the Juicy Remix as well as Hey Shorty. With several appearances and song plays on 88.9 FM, The Impact, along with numerous performances locally and being ranked second on the hip-hop charts or seventh overall in Langston, Michigan on ReverbNation.com, Mad Dog McGraw is on the verge of worldwide recognition. Okay, let's get into the first track he sent, which I absolutely love. Track entitled Grumpy Old Man, produced by Sam De Grouch off their collaborative EP by the same name, released last year. Check it. Anti-industry, anti-swag, that's a purse pussy. No such thing as a man bag, straight up weirdos. Heroes to homos, don't get locked up. The new name will be Twinkle Toes. Give your little sister back her clothes. Wanna be rock stars? If you care about the craft, like your swag, you spit better bars. Lyrically premium blend. Give a fuck who I offend. A fine street soldier pissing on your Gucci loafers. Throw punch you chumps, I bet you quit the fold. Migos looking like a Golden Girls episode. Niggas rocking leggings and dresses. Ew. Fuck political correctness, you deserve the ridicule But your mama didn't love you enough for touching the pride Growing up, father not in your life, so what? Pussy boy, man up The blame belongs to some of these labels for pushing Papa's poets They full of shit and they know it It's the grumpy old nigga, just me reconsider You wake up in the ER with your face reconfigured It's the grumpy old nigga, middle figures in every picture Fuck a champagne bottle, give me a beer picture It's the grumpy old nigga, quick the rip foes, you asshole Never go to luck, stay hot and ready to go Grumpy old nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, 
Girls only show hoes dough and dope. I hope you don't think that the machine is a joke. Radio stations are the same. I wanna slap a DJ every time I hear Gucci Gang. Programming a liquidity to act stupid, it seems. Hip hop still lives underground. Fuck the mainstream. I'm anti lean, anti pills. Not just a bunch of cheap tricks looking for cheap thrills. Self defeating behavior. Suckers need a savior. Hellbound, and there's no amount of paper that can save you. Emotionally disturbed, like y'all mothers overly dramatic. No wonder most of y'all daddies deserted you bastards. You can find me sitting on the dock of the bay with gin and juice in a mason jar, smoking a J. So fuck you, your crew, and that bougie bitch you brought with you. Sure by now you get the picture. It's the grumpy old nigga, just me reconsider. You wake up in the ER with your face reconfigured. It's the grumpy old nigga, middle figures in every picture. Fuck a champagne bottle, give me a beer pitcher. It's grumpy old nigga, hook the rip foes and asshole. Never go to luck, stay hot and ready to go. It's the grumpy old nigga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genuine jackass, baby, you gotta love it. The game is regurgitated and redundant. Grind harder, speak lower, think smarter. I'd rather die a martyr than live life a coward. Lyrically, I'm empowered. Double whiskey sour, I'm a pin stroke invoke majestic powers. I'm the king of mean, and ain't shit that y'all can tell me. I'm mentally busting nuts on Lisa Lapinelli's belly. Grumpy old nigga. Now, how dope is that? It captured my imagination immediately and spoke pretty much my mind on the state of current hip-hop. Look out for my man Fro Magnum Man's EP, which I've done a remix for. Uh, the EP entitled Curmudgeon, which will drop next year. Very much in the same vein, so be sure to check that when it's dropped. Shout out to all my fellow grumpy old curmudgeons holding it down. Now I see that Mad Dog lists his musical influences online as a mesh of Dead Prez, Redman, DMX and Common, which gets no objections from me. Gritty yet socially conscious for real. Now I expected Mad Dog to have been doing this as long as me, which is centuries, while releasing music for almost 20 years to be exact, 20 years next year. But in fact, he started a lot more recently, releasing his debut single as recently as 2015 and debut album as recently as 2017, so just a couple of years ago. To me, that's a breath of fresh air though for a fellow, and this sounds weird for me to say this now, but a fellow elder statesman, quote unquote, to get off their soapbox and get serious about recording, which is what he indeed did. He started recording in 2008 and started taking it seriously in and around 2013 or so. I read that he got the name Mad Dog from a cousin and added the McGraw once he started recording, which is as good a reason as any. So let's get into the next one he sent, track entitled Beast, produced by Trey Z4. I hope I pronounced that right, but probably not. Another banger right here. Check it out. I'm a first class jackass, grade A villain, Viking like on the mic, hit a pillage your village. Not to toot my own horn, but Mad Dog is a thorn in the ass. It's a pathetic poet who lack passion. A slap box from Sasquatch, wrestle with grizzlies, had a threesome with porn stars after hiking Yosemite. My specialties are intimidation and demolition with a penchant for delivering quality ass kickings. On war with McGraw, nigga, who you getting for being brave? I decorate your casket with purple ribbons. Lyrically, no nonsense. Speak my name in a cross pretense. A crushed clavicle will be the consequence. Drive by hurling cinder blocks off the back of a semi. Rocking ringlets and cowboy boots yelling raw high. So if you're in my path, you should cross the street. And beware, cause the dog's unleashed. Bitch, I'm a beast. Beef with me doesn't cease. So be careful of the words that you speak. Motherfucker, I'm a beast. Panties fly from the pews when I preach. You fucking with a pit bull at his peak. Motherfucker, I'm a beast. 
Master Dog has a permanent mean streak. Feel froggish, motherfucker leave. Motherfucker, I'm a beast, so if you're in my path, you should cross the street. And beware, cause the dog's unleashed. Bitch, I'm a beast. Grown ass man, not a crip or blood. A gold medal winning asshole, so it's not all love. Shot to Jameson, chillin' in an Irish pub. With a thick fire ginger, bout to hit her with the timber. Riot starter with foes die, toasted in a departure. Send flowers with a note saying I'll be a great stepfather. I'm rotten, miserable, sailors don't cuss as much. Look you in the eyes and shrug, cause I don't give a fuck. This is shit talking 101. Gather around, class. Lyrically, I'm a nudist on every track, I show my ass. When I had a heart attack that night, I closed my eyes. But the devil, he was like, nah, I ain't fucking with that guy. Hooks hit like Hagler. Bars leave a rules. International love, only you local fools lose. So if you're in my path, you should cross the street. And beware, cause the dog's unleashed. Bitch, I'm a beast. Beef with me doesn't cease. So be careful of the words that you speak. Motherfucker, I'm a beast. Panties fly from the pews when I preach. You fucking with a pit bull at his peak. Motherfucker, I'm a beast. The dog has a permanent mean streak. Feel froggish. Motherfucker, leave. Motherfucker, I'm a beast. So if you're in my path, you should cross the street. And beware, cause the dog's unleashed. Bitch, I'm a beast. Now, Beast was released just this year. I know he's more singles to be released, such as Shit Talking 101 and The Day You Die. So I'm definitely looking forward to all of these making up a longer play and release. I was doing a bit more research, and I like how Patrick from patricksmusicblog.com, check it out, summed up Mad Dog. Quote, Mad Dog McGraw is unapologetically a traditional hip-hop head with those types of values. He's also the wise OG that's really calling as he sees it about the state of mainstream hip-hop and the standard that should be set as far as bars, songwriting and music in general. That should be allowed in the culture. So, with that being said, make sure you get in touch with the artists. Mad Dog McGraw's social links are as follows. Twitter at Mad Dog McGraw 517. That's M-A-D-D-O-G-M-C-G-R-A-W-517. And his Insta, which is at Maddog underscore McGraw, which is M-A-D-D-O-G underscore M-C-G-R-A-W. Okay, so I'm about done for my spot. As always, keep the entries for my spotlight side of things coming in. Hit me up at info at laidlawmedia.com. That's L-A-I-D-L-A-W-M-E-I-D-I-A.com. Send me two MP3s, a bio, and associated social links. As I said at the top of the show, don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at laidlawmedia.com. Scroll to the bottom, enter your email, and sign up. Easy as that. Our social links, again, are at laidlawmedia, at configa, C-O-N-F-I-G-A, at Monica. M-O-N-I-K-K-E-R and at 101-M-W-C. So don't forget to let me know how you've liked this part, how you've liked our entire podcast at the end and anything else you care to mention. And also to give us feedback about the artist that you've just heard. I personally think he's super, super dope and very fitting for the first artist spotlight. Anyway, without further ado, Monica, it's over to you. Peace. Dropping ill knowledge. Yeah. Monica was going to reach the peak, the pinnacle. Yo, it's your girl, Moniker, the M-O-N. Welcome back to the show. We've got a treat for you. Michael and I are going to be talking a lot about Eminem today. The good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, the wonderful, the brilliant. Maybe you're not an Eminem fan. 
there's something for you here too, I promise. First of all, I want to make sure that you know there's a lot of great music on laidlawmedia.com. If you scroll to the bottom of the homepage and enter your email, you'll sign up to get all the latest goodies from Laidlaw Media and all the amazing artists that Configure is working with. Also, make sure you find us on Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts at moniker, M-O-N-I-K-K-E-R. You can find Configure at C-O-N. F-I-G-A at Laidlaw Media and you can find Michael also known as MC or MC said at 101 MWC. Talib Kweli has announced that the new Black Star album with Yasin Bey and Mad Lib is done. It's been over 20 years since their one and only legendary debut album Most Def and Talib Kweli are Black Star. It's been 20 years since that album dropped via the now defunct Rockus Records label. I'm sure you're like me and you're looking forward to the new album. I can't wait to hear what it's going to sound like. Now Lil' Kim had what is arguably one of the best hip-hop albums of the 90s. Her new album, Nine, released in October. As expected, it didn't make much of a splash and has largely been ignored. I think I've figured out the problem. I think that Lil' Kim has had too much plastic surgery. It's now the main focus when her name comes up. I now believe that there's a level where you can go too far with your cosmetic obsession before it has a negative impact on your audience, where listeners suddenly have a mental blockage in their ability to comprehend a new project from you. I don't think that this is conscious. I think there's a mental switch that turns off our ability to comprehend that Lil' Kim has a new project. Unfortunately, it sold less than 1,000 copies in its first week. Next in notable recent releases is Yellow Wolf's studio album Ghetto Cowboy, the first completely self-released record off his Slum American label, which he calls a lifestyle and culture brand. His last project on Eminem's Shady Records was the early 2019 mixtape release Trunk Music 3. Yellow Wolf has said that Ghetto Cowboy had largely been done not long after he finished Love Story, but that it wasn't the right time to release it until now. He signed to Shady Records in 2011 due to his success with the Trunk Music mixtape sound and wanted to finish out his time at Shady with Trunk Music 3. Yellow Wolf also tied the knot this year with Canadian pop rock singer Fifi Dobson, which was a shock to me because the last time I heard about Fifi Dobson was on a 2016 Instagram post by Yellow Wolf saying that she trashed his house and that they had broken up. Yellow Wolf also recently admitted that a joint album with Big Crit called Country Cousins was in the works but got scrapped due to his controversial social media comments concerning the Confederate flag and that he does regret the way that those comments went down and the consequences of it. Since we've talked about Shady Records, that brings us to more developments in the world of Eminem. Lord Jamar just responded on a new episode of the Godcast show. He responded to Eminem's live show comments that Eminem had a dream he sucked at rap and then realized he was Lord Jamar. Lord Jamar responds by saying Eminem is dreaming about men and finds it interesting in light of his latest leaked Eminem and Joyner Lucas track called What If I Was Gay. 
Lord Jamar says that his comments were simply that Eminem is a guest in hip-hop, but now Lord Jamar is a guest in Eminem's mind, so he's really gotten in his head. Lord Jamar also compared Eminem to a white girl who likes black dudes, but isn't good relationship material. A new biographical book that discusses Eminem's career since the Encore album has just been published, written by Anthony Baza, the same author who wrote the popular book about Eminem called Whatever You Say I Am. The new book, called Not Afraid, The Evolution of Eminem, picks up where Whatever You Say I Am left off. The book is a collection of the author's reflections on past Eminem interviews and analysis of his lyrics, so if you're a hardcore stan, there may not be much new material in here for you. The high points of the book are exclusive interviews the author had with Eminem associates and legendary rappers, such as the book's intro, which is by LL Cool J. It keeps bringing up the fact that Eminem is a white rapper and even has a whole chapter on the history of white rap. Perhaps the most interesting part of Eminem's last half of his career and a much-talked-about topic is the issue of his drug use. Many people believe that Eminem wrote better music while on drugs, but as his drug cocktail became more and more deadly and combined it with personal and professional tragedies, Eminem developed a writer's block that ultimately rendered him completely incapable of writing anything. In a past Rolling Stone interview, Eminem said, I'm very paranoid about writer's block. I had it for four years, and it drove me effing crazy. No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't think of shit. The pills had a lot to do with it, just wiping out brain cells. I don't know if it sounds like I'm making excuses, but the absolute truth is a lot of my memory is gone. The Anthony Baza book did give good insight into Eminem's prolific lifelong writing habit and how writer's block affected him. Here's an excerpt from the book. Marshall Mathers has always been a wordsmith. Starting in eighth grade, he would sit nightly with the dictionary, looking for words that appealed to him. He wasn't searching for meanings, just the words themselves. He would write them down. Then, as if building a family tree, he would list words that came to mind or that he sought out for the rhyme. From there, he built his couplets and verses and learned to tell stories. The root of Eminem's lyricism is an acrobatic appreciation for the construction of words. Being cut off from something that had been second nature to him for most of his life was akin to losing a limb. I felt like shit, he says. There had never been a time when I wasn't writing. When I don't write all the time, like if a couple of weeks go by and I'm not writing, I feel shitty. I have to write constantly, at least making rhymes as little exercises, in order for me to feel like I'm doing something. Fortunately, Eminem finally broke out of his four-year-long period of writer's block, which amazes me because I know he has boxes and bags full of rhyme schemes and ideas since he was in high school, if not earlier than that, that I feel I would assume he pulled all of those things out and tried everything. He even went into the booth and just freestyled. He stopped trying to write anything out. He tried every method known to that he could think of. Every method that he could think of, including writing without beats, just writing to ma imaginary beats in his head, um, to freestyling, and he said nothing was up to his standards. Nothing was working. Finally, after four years of trying, getting sober, getting clean, he and Dr. Dre came up with the Relapse album, which, of course, some of us liked it, a lot of us didn't. 
and we can say whatever we want about it, but it, it brought Eminem back and it gave us, ultimately gave us recovery and it gave us, you know, more albums that, again, some of us have enjoyed and some of us haven't. I'm going to hand it over to Michael now, MC. He's going to go into a brilliant and way more in-depth history of Eminem's discography and other related issues. I'm going to hand it over to him now. First, though, make sure you go over to Twitter. Don't forget to go find us. Tweet us your thoughts on this episode. Tell us how you feel about Eminem and all the recent developments at Moniker, at Configure, at Laidlaw Media, at 101MWC. Go to laidlawmedia.com and enter your email at the bottom of the homepage. That's where the sign-up is listed right now, and we'll see you next time. Y'all doing this evening? <laughs> you know what I do. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. This is MC. Welcome back to the spot. Today we're gonna talk about changes. Cause you see, we live in strange and interesting times. The world is rapidly changing around us, and the ability to adapt is an important skill. One of the greatest comedians of all time, a man who was considered America's dad is currently in prison for being a sexual predator. A real estate mogul turned TV star who is an alleged sexual predator is the president of the United States of America. You ask me, what's my point? Well, my point is things change. If you look at hip hop news, Eminem is currently trending for some messy reasons. First, you have Lord Jamar from the group Brand Nubian, the legendary group Brand Nubian, who's become the bane of Eminem's existence, criticizing Eminem's place in hip hop, and most recently shedding light on an incident where he basically accuses Eminem of wearing blackface. The reality of the situation is Eminem was mocking Will Smith by wearing a Will Smith mask, which to the best of my knowledge, isn't blackface as much as mocking Will Smith by wearing a Will Smith mask. And the other piece of news being an old lyric that is resurfaced in which he makes light of Chris Brown's violent altercation with Rihanna. The lyric being of course I side with Chris Brown, I'd beat down a bitch too. The lyric was supposed to appear on the B.O.B. track, Things Get Worse. Instead, Eminem opted to call Dakota Fanning, who was 16 at the time, a whore, in typical Eminem fashion. And even though that lyric about Rihanna was scrapped, the lyric, I'll pee on Rihanna, see man, I do what I wanna, appeared on Medicine Ball off of his 2009 album, Relapse. Now, one of the arguments made in regards to Eminem's current music is people wish he would go back to doing drugs, right? The argument is his music was better when he was on drugs, you know, i.e. the old version of Rapper X is much better than the current version of Rapper X. You see, you have to see a bit of irony in wishing Eminem acted and rapped the way he used to when he's currently being accused of blackface and hating women 
because of how he used to act and rap. The Rihanna lyric was spit 10 years ago and the Will Smith incident took place nearly 20 years ago. 20 years ago, Eminem was coming off his second debut album success. Second, you say? Yes, his second debut. His first being the little known Infinite, you might have heard, maybe. Mm, no, Infinite. You heard the hell while I was sent to it. I went to it serving a sentence for murdering instruments. Right? A testament to stick to itiveness. Even one of the goats had to go back to the drawing board and reinvent himself. And when he went back to the drawing board and reinvented himself, he created his alter ego, Slim Shady. You see, Dr. Jekyll now had a Mr. Hyde. You see, growing up, Marshall Mathers was bullied at home and at school. And he would take all that anger and use it as fuel. And he became notorious for battling. He also became notorious for uncanny wordplay. The story goes, when Dr. Dre heard Eminem's demo, he didn't hear a white rapper, he heard a dope rapper. And prior to Eminem, there were white rappers. Third Base, the Beasties, Insane Clown Posse, who Eminem would beef with, as well as House of Pain, whose Whitey Ford Eminem would beef with. But most notably was Vanilla Ice, who commercially set rappers back years. Due to his fraudulent backstory and overall lack of talent, which I feel would have become evident regardless of him being a fraud. Which is the Eminem hit like a meteor. My name is was everywhere. TV, radio, everywhere. And if you thought he was a fluke, listen to the Slim Shady LP and tell me you weren't convinced. And if you thought that one good album was a fluke, the Marshall Mathers LP put him over the top. From Kill You to Stan, this sick series of love letters from an adoring fan to his idol, the self-produced The Way I Am, I'm Back, where he raps, I take seven kids from Columbine, stand them all in line, add an AK-47, a revolver benign, a Mac-11 and it ought to solve a problem of mine, and that's a whole school of bullies shot them all at one time? <laughs> After the massive success of the Marshall Mathers LP, instead of dropping another album, he went back to his roots. He went back to Detroit and he put his old crew D12 on and they released Devil's Night. But it wasn't just the album. His appearances on Sound Bombing 2, his guest spots on Missy Elliott's Busser Rhyme, his show-stealing verse on Biggie's Dead Wrong, his verses on Dr. Dre's 2001, I mean, his collab with Jay-Z on Renegades. I mean, he was building a substantial resume. And by 2002, he reached the absolute pinnacle, releasing The Eminem Show, arguably his best album, starring in a movie that would premiere at number one, Eight Mile, while having the number one song, Lose Yourself, and the number one album with the 8 Mile soundtrack. Not to mention signing hip-hop's next big thing, 50 Cent, to his own record label, Shady Records. 
If there was a such thing as rap MVP in 2002, Eminem would have won it unanimously. Eminem would even follow his mentor's footsteps and start producing, making beats for not only himself, not only artists on his record label, but the likes of Nas, Jay-Z, and Jadakiss. A war of words with Source Magazine's owner, Ray Benzino, and a guilt by association fueled with Murder, Inc. due to his connection with 50 Cent and G-Unit would lead to an epic, epic battle that lasted nearly two years. Through the course of this battle, the Source would uncover a tape from Eminem's past where he raps, blacks and whites, they sometimes mix, but black girls only want your money because they're dumb chicks. Bullshit, right? Complete bullshit. Eminem would address the old lyrics on the track Yellow Brick Road off of his 2004 album Encore, where he takes accountability for the lyrics but I've heard people say they heard the tape and it ain't that bad, but it was. I singled out a whole race and for that I apologize. I was wrong, right? Eminem's best attribute is his ability to bring the listener into his world. His life is an audio soap opera and he puts his life on full display, his ups and his downs. Mm. He's best at taking his blemishes putting them on display for the world, and we eat it up. Was his apology good enough? It's not for me to determine. You know? But we're talking about a rapper who takes every aspect of his life, from family, and he gives it to us, for better or for worse. And after this prolonged back and forth with Benzino and Ja Rule, Eminem kind of fell back for a minute. And the game changed. Lil Wayne, T.I., Jeezy, Rick Ross, Kanye West, Drake, they all emerged to the game he once dominated. The game that G-Unit Shady Aftermath had seemingly run, well, that run was seemingly coming to an end. From game feuding with G-Unit to the often delayed Detox album, speculation of Eminem being nearly 300 pounds and overdosing. It looked like one of the biggest stars in the world was going to be swallowed whole by fame. But in 2009, word started to spread Eminem was in the studio with Dr. Dre. Eminem was healthy, physically and mentally. He was working on new music, and an album titled Relapse was on the way. Instead of Relapse, I think it should have been called React, because I feel like the whole album was a reaction to what rap had become. To Eminem, it's an album that finds Eminem trying to keep up with the changing world where he's lyrically as crisp as ever, right? It's the content that feels outdated. So one year later, Eminem would release Recovery, an album that should be called Reinvention, as this album would introduce us to the new Eminem, 
the current Eminem, who by every measure is as good as he ever was. He said on the 2002 track, Soldier, full of controversy until I retire my jersey to the fire and side dies and expires at 30. The question is, did that fire expire or did Marshall Mathers just do what we all do eventually? Grow up. Think about Eminem in 2009, who removed a Rihanna lyric. Would he have done that in 1999? And the Eminem of 2019, I mean, Jorner Lucas track, he raps, what if I'm a hypocrite who is afraid to just face the truth? What if I told you I'm gay too? Some plotted the verse. Others didn't see the significance, which is kind of how growing goes. Some notice, and some don't. And with that said, bring this to an end. Shout outs to the whole team. Shout outs to Configure. Shout outs to Monica. Shout outs to all of y'all for supporting us. I hope you enjoyed it. See you soon. Peace.